today we're going to be breaking down a really common misconception when it comes to fitness. And that is thinking that more of a good thing is actually a better thing because that's not always true. Whenever I plan out a topic to share on the podcast, I normally get the idea from Instagram, from you, from DMs, from comments, from conversations with my clients, and then I bounce these ideas off my husband, and we kind of brainstorm. Paul and I talk it out. He's a power lifter, so he has a little bit of a different background than I do, and we love to kind of converse and talk about podcast episodes. So when I brought this podcast episode up to him, I said, I just want to kind of talk about how more of a good thing is not a better thing. And he looked at me and smiled and said, I can think of something that more of a good thing would be a better thing as he's grinning and winks. And I'm like, Paul, you're fired. (laughs) So we are not talking about everything. Obviously, we are talking about more of a good thing is not a better thing when it comes to fitness. And I'm going to give you some really concrete examples of ways that it is not better. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So I want to start explaining this thought process with a very concrete example that I think anyone is going to be able to relate to. So let's start with the example of vitamins and minerals, which are really important for our health. They're really important for our nutrients. Now, the FDA has made charts that have a lower limit, which we're all very aware of, but those same charts have an upper limit. That means you can overdo your vitamins and minerals, which are good for you, but if you have too much, you can cause yourself problems. For example, vitamin C. We all need vitamin C. It actually helps keep us healthy. But if you have too much, it can cause nausea and vomiting and heartburn and abdominal cramps and headaches and insomnia. Iron. That's another really common vitamin that females especially are missing is will be low in iron. But if you have too much iron, it backfires too because it can also cause abdominal pain, joint pain, fatigue. And fatigue is a funny one to me because that's also a sign if the iron is too low. So if it's too low or too high, they both can cause fatigue and they can cause low iron can cause decreased libido and many other things too. So While vitamins and minerals are really good for us and we should always be aware of how much we're having, we can overdo them. And it is the exact same thing in most things in fitness. We hear a concept or hear a thought process or have an idea that works for us, whether it's in diet or fitness, you know, an exercise routine, and we think, oh my gosh, it's working. Let me do more and more and more of it. And we take it to the extreme and it actually ends up not only not working anymore, but it ends up starting to backfire. So I'm going to give you a few more examples of that that aren't as clearly concrete as that vitamin and mineral example. The first example is cardio. Now, I need you to bear with me on this cardio because cardio is fantastic and it is a great thing, but it also depends on your goals. Now, if you are training and you are doing endurance training for running or biking for a race, then yes, 
slowly increasing your cardio makes sense because you are training for a marathon or a triathlon or whatever it is. But if your goal is fat loss or building muscle, it is really hard to build muscle while you are running because your muscle is easily broken down if the runner is not fueling properly before the run with food. So this is for any endurance sport. If you are training for an event, it's great. If you are trying to have a goal of fat loss or muscle building, that is tricky because oftentimes we aren't fueling properly for that. So while cardio is great, honestly, it helps your lungs, it trains your heart, it's great in hit style workouts for burning calories, and there's plenty of research for cardio showing that it helps with our mental health as well, and I am a huge advocate of that as well. I think it really does help ease, you know, anxiety and depression and other things, but If your goal is to change your body composition, remember, body composition is the amount of muscle you have in your body compared to fat. The less fat you have and the more muscle you have, the more toned, defined, having definition from muscle, the more you will see. So you want the body composition to change. If that's your goal, running and running is not the fit. What you need to do is you need to include weights. And I'm going to suggest that you go back to my episode, Cardio Versus Strength Training for Fat Loss. It's a really good episode. I break it down really well. It's really important that you have weights because overdoing cardio is not going to help you get to those goals. The reason that you want to be adding weights and not more and more cardio if your goal is fat loss or building muscle is because weights have a longer lasting burn and they actually help you build muscle and make your metabolism faster and it's harder for your metabolism to maintain muscle. Now, here sometimes where we get tripped up is people start looking at their heart rate monitors or their watches and they see during cardio the amount of calories they're burning and they're like, oh my gosh, let me just make that amount more and more and more and more and more because it's like a visual, it's like a visual reward. Like I did this much, so I'm a winner. Let me add more. But we have to fuel properly. Even if our goal is weight loss, if you are not fueling properly for that goal and you are cutting your calories too low, you're not going to hit that goal. And if your goal is to add muscle, which again, remember, as I said, the more muscle you have, the faster and harder your metabolism has to work to maintain that muscle. That burn is slow and it's after and it's not tracked on your heart rate monitor. So people often see like, oh, during a lifting workout, I only burned, you know, 200 calories. But the afterburn for lifting weights is like 48 hours afterwards because your body has to repair those broken down muscles. So you have to remember that, that even though it's rewarding to see those calories go up and up and up as we do cardio, that's not necessarily a match for what your goals are if you are trying to look more defined and more fit and more lean. I often have clients come to me with a long, long list of cardio activities that they do because I ask them what their fitness routine was like before they started with me. And I will see this list and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is massive. And I'll ask, are you training for a race? And they're like, no, I just want to get more defined and add muscle and lose fat. And I'm always like, and I have to explain to them. So we actually need a shift. We're going to down shift your cardio. We're going to up your weights. We're going to make sure that you're fueling properly for the amount of cardio and strength training you're doing because if you're doing too much cardio and not fueling properly, then your body is going to hoard every single ounce of food you put in your mouth while you are running long distance or biking long distance. So that's something to really be aware of and think about yourself. Am I 
overdoing cardio, or maybe if you aren't, if you're training for a race, that's great. But am I fueling properly for the amount of cardio I'm doing? And is the amount of cardio I'm doing matching what my fitness goals are? So the first common one I see is cardio is a good thing, but tons and tons of cardio is not necessarily a better thing. Since I kind of touched on weights, we're going to go into that next. Oftentimes, you know, with weights, we talk about reps. How many reps are you doing while you're lifting weights? We will start to do, you know, 10 squats, 20 squats, and we think, oh my gosh, that feels good. I feel great. And then you'll see these workouts where they're doing 200 air squats and 500 crunches. And I think in the moment we think, well, more is better. If, you know, 20 squats felt good, then obviously I am totally going to build this giant butt with 300 air squats. And that's actually not correct. While changing up the amount of reps you're doing every once in a while, and you know, sometimes doing a higher day is okay, honestly, you're going to get more bang for your buck if you increase your weights and keep your reps lower. Because high, high rep and low, low weight, you're falling into strength endurance. Now, strength endurance is fabulous. It's in the OPT model. It's a way that trainers work with people. But again, your reps should match your goals. So we're going to talk about that because more reps isn't better. I know we think that we feel great doing 30 crunches. So why not 3000 crunches? But it's not necessarily matching our goals. We want to increase the weight. So let me explain this. I typically stick in a hypertrophy range. Hypertrophy means building. So my goal is typically to build muscle. I'm not a power lifter. I don't, you know, do max strength. I sometimes will go into strength endurance. I'll sometimes go into max strength, but I stay in hypertrophy. And the rep range for hypertrophy is 8 to 12 reps. Sometimes hugging 15 on the high end for certain movements, especially maybe single leg movements where you can't go super heavy, but it's typically staying in that, you know, 10 to 12 rep range, anywhere around there. Obviously, I gave you a couple reps difference, but it's that range is going to help you build muscle. And those last three reps in that range should be insanely challenging. If you are finishing up the amount of reps you're doing and the last three to four reps aren't hard, you're not heavy enough. You're not using enough weights. That's really, really important. Max strength is another way to exercise and lift weights, and your reps for that are going to be anywhere from one to five reps, and that is where people are using super, super heavy weights, doing a lot more rounds, but only doing, you know, one rep or two reps because they're trying to find their one rep max. And then when you're getting above 15 reps, you are going into strength endurance, which is great for the heart, and it does, you know, help muscles a little bit, but it's not building like hypertrophy is. So you want to make sure that no matter what your goals are, that again, your reps are matching your goals in your strength training. If you are just like doing these challenges, which I see all over Pinterest and everywhere, like 300 squats, you know, this many crunches, let's do this many burpees. That is a perfect example because reps and lifting are great, but more and more reps are not better. And honestly, this is kind of like a side point to the reps. In general, more exercise is not always better either. Oftentimes people think, well, I can lose weight or I can feel good if I exercise. So let me do more and more and more and more and I'll get more results. Muscle is built when you are resting. It is built when you are sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're not building muscle. If you're not resting, you're not building muscle. It's broken down in the workout. That is when you tear it down and it rebuilds and gets defined and looks amazing when you are resting. So you can't just be working out all the time, running all the time, lifting all the time. You have to rest and you have to sleep. It's really, really important. 
sometimes I'll have clients tell me, well, I'm just going to do two a days. And I actually discourage them from doing this because A, that's hard to maintain. B, I don't want them overdoing it because it's really easy to overtrain. And C, it's good to have balance and to rest because I want them to see changes and that is done during rest. So don't get crazy. Be realistic and make an effective plan and do not overdo the workout because while exercise is a good thing, more and more and more and more exercise is not a better thing. The next common fitness tip I see people doing, and it's a good thing, but then they overdo it and it turns into a bad thing, is intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a style of eating where you have a fasting window. That means like a window you're not eating during, and then you have a feeding window. That's the window that you eat all your food in. Now, your fasting window typically sits around 16 hours, and then your feeding window will normally be about eight hours. Now, that window is a give or take. Normally, for beginners, they can start at a 14-hour fasting window and then a 10-hour feeding, but the 16-8 is really standard, and then sometimes people will even go below that where it'll do, you know, 17, 18 hours and then a smaller window, like a six hour feeding. But definitely the most standard is that 16, eight hour window. The goal for intermittent fasting is to eat during your feeding window because a main component of it is the body reacts to fasting by secreting HGH, which is your human growth hormone. The human growth hormone helps aid in fat loss and is also known to help you build muscle. So like win-win, those are both two things that most people want. In fact, the human growth hormone is so cool. That's why it's banned in a supplement form in the Olympics because it like literally makes such a difference. But we're talking about doing this naturally with intermittent fasting to just kind of bump up that hormone. So it's a good thing. Now here lies the issue. People start fasting, you know, they start their fasting window and their feeding window, and they think, oh my gosh, this is totally working. I'm digesting food better. I'm leaning out. I feel pretty good. I just feel more satisfied. Sometimes they have more energy. They start to see their muscles, and they think, this is super great. Now, what happens a lot for my clients, because I tend to train women and busy moms, is they get busy during their feeding window and they stop eating the appropriate amount of food to meet their body's needs and goals. You guys know I am not about starving yourself. That is not my game plan. That is not my game plan for my clients. In fact, I have to increase a lot of their food. And often as moms, we get going and going and going. And then before we know it, we're like, I don't even know when I last ate. Did I eat breakfast? Did I eat lunch? I think I had like some goldfish. And that happens even when we're trying to be aware and we're trying to eat in that feeding window. We get busy and sometimes there becomes a lack of food in that window. Now, what happens is with the lack of food, the amount of food just keeps shrinking. And before we know it, in that window, we may only be eating a thousand calories in this short feeding window. And then we start to plateau and we have this stubborn 5, 10, 30, I don't know. 40 plus pounds that we just can't get rid of. And so we think, oh my gosh, this intermittent fasting is working. Let me just reduce the amount of food that I'm eating in my feeding window because I might sometimes people when they undereat because they get busy, they'll then binge and they think the binge is a problem. So they try to reduce the food. Or we think, let me just shrink the window and just eat less during the day and eat in a smaller window. So then instead of using the fasting feeding window correctly, it turns into just almost avoiding food because 
intermittent fasting worked at one point. So if it worked well at one point, let's just make it more extreme and eat even less in the window and in a smaller window in general. So now what's happened is intermittent fasting is a really great thing and it really does work for many people, but it becomes abused and we start doing it to the extreme and people forget the purpose is just eating within a window, not eating less and not starting to avoid food. So while it works like a champion in many situations and obviously not all situations, there's different variables and I only have some of my clients doing it, it does work, but we start doing it incorrectly when we start shrinking the window and shrinking the amount of food that we're doing over and over and over again. And then it becomes not effective and just a all out, let's just avoid food. (laughs) Or the window is just so small that you aren't even able to eat the correct amount of food that you need within the window because you've brought it so small. So while intermittent fasting is a good thing, extreme intermittent fasting and doing more and more and more of it and eating less and less is not a better thing. My last thought on the diet side is going to be a little bit different, but it's just your diet regime in general. No matter what you're doing, it doesn't really matter because I know people have all different ways of eating. Um, Obviously, I am a massive fan of macronutrients or, you know, I like to also call it intuitive eating with macro awareness. I think it's really beneficial. Obviously, you can tell that from all my podcasts, but no matter what you're doing, if it is overdone, it can backfire. So here's a couple examples. Cutting calories short term can be super effective for fat loss. Cutting calories long term, because once we start to see like, oh my gosh, I'm losing fat, let me cut them more or let me stay in this cut longer and longer. Like I was only going to reduce my calories for eight weeks and now I'm going to do it for six months, (laughs) which people really do that backfires. And that makes it so then people have to reverse diet. And I have to reverse diet a lot of people because cutting calories very short term can work for fat loss. Cutting calories long term or an extreme cut is definitely not better. Another thought on the diet besides just cutting calories is often we hear, oh, well, low-carb diet helps with fat loss, which it can, but then we take it to the extreme and we think, well, if a lower-carb diet helps, then I'm going to do no carbs. And for the rest of our lives, we avoid carbs. I've seen the same thing with clients who fear fat, and so they try to avoid it forever because they've heard, if I eat less fat, then I will lose weight. And then they just fear fat and they take it to the extreme. It is not better. While reducing a macronutrient can help, being extreme with it is not better, doing it more and more and more. So whether you're trying to diet by cutting calories or reducing a certain macronutrient or whatever your diet is, you need to be aware that metabolic adaptation is real. Like real, real, real. It is true. I swear, God knew what he was doing when he made us because he made our bodies to protect themselves. All macronutrients have a purpose and they all can help our bodies. And the truth is, is that food is meant to help you towards your goals. You just have to understand it better. Sometimes I will even look at clients' food journals because when someone signs up with me, they'll send me a food journal so I can see what they did previous. And I will straight up look at it and I'm like, okay, well, I can tell 100% by this three or four days of food they sent me that they are fully avoiding this macronutrient or they are trying to cut their calories in an extreme way. And while they're trying to be healthy and say, I'm eating light, you know, in quotations, they're actually causing themselves problems. 
Now, I'm obviously not talking about intolerance to certain foods. Obviously, that is normal. And sometimes there are certain foods that we need to reduce because they're not sitting well with us. But I am talking about full macronutrients being cut out or our food intake in general just being drastically cut over time and we're never actually replenishing it to support our bodies. So when this client comes up and I know they've just cut out this macro or they've just reduced their calories by so much, I often will take that exact macro that they thought, this is good if I reduce this and they've taken it to the extreme and I will slowly weave it back into their diet And their body responds. Their body's like, hallelujah, I've been looking for carbs. It helps me build muscle. Or hallelujah, I've been looking for fat. It helps me stabilize your hormones. Food is good for you. You don't have to avoid it. So while, yes, things in small amounts, adjusting our carbs, adjusting our fat, adjusting our calories can work and it can be a good thing, doing more and more and more of it is not a better thing. So if you're on a plan and you've started to plateau, don't just think, oh, I need to eat less or I need to diet harder. It might actually be that you are dieting too hard. You are doing too much and your body is at its limit and you actually need to increase your food and go into maintenance for a little while. If you think that's you, I would go back to my reverse dieting episode. It's a really, really good one. And the when the calorie deficit backfires. That might be your problem is that you are going too hard. You are too deep in your calorie deficit or you are too intense with whatever diet you're having and your body's at its limit. So sometimes when a diet's working, which a diet can be great, sometimes more of it is not better. I honestly, I love my podcast listeners. I am so serious when I say that. I love you. I care that you succeed. I honestly care that you feel good in your body. And we can't do that when we are doing things to the extreme. Sometimes I will talk to women and they will tell me their stories and my heart hurts for them because I'm like, oh, sister, you do not need to be like that. You there is you can see the light. There is a much better way of balance. And so I care that you guys find that way and I hope that this episode helps you do that. I honestly hope all my episodes help you do that to be honest, but it really does make a difference and I want you to think about your life and think about the things you're doing and how maybe you have taken things to the extreme and how they may be causing things to backfire for you. You're doing awesome. We'll chat next week. Are you feeling like an old bitter rind? Sometimes life hits you with lemons. But here at the Pink Lemonade Stand, we're serving up smiles. Hi, we're your hosts, Nicole and Heidi. And every week we're reporting refreshing good news stories and discussing how to navigate things like relationships, work, wellness, and how to survive this dumpster fire of a year. We'll be interviewing fascinating guests, doctors, teachers, artists, celebrities, and our favorite friends who will share how they've turned lemons into lemonade. (coughs) Oops, pink lemonade. We ask the juiciest questions. Excuse me? And we save the zest for last for chatting about all of our latest obsessions and hot topics. There will be laughing. There will be crying. And each episode, we'll leave you with our motto... When life gets sour, we say pucker up and squeeze the day. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Type the pink lemonade stand in that search bar and press subscribe.
You'll also want to follow along with us on Instagram at the PLS Podcast for more sweet treats throughout the week. Come, Come sip with us. us.